1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gavin Strachan confirms Celtic's isolating players and management Will return at the end of the weekend In time for Wednesday's match in Livingston Rangers are extremely close to signing Scott Wright on a pre-contract And St Mirren and Kilmarnock win their appeals Against the Covid punishments handed out by the SPFL I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy in the studio And from his man cave here's Hugh Keevans Justice for St Mirren and Kilmarnock, I think, Gordon. Better to play matches for points rather than have points deducted by committee. It's not a let-off. It's noticed that there will be punishment for wrongdoing in future if you don't heed this warning in the present day. And now Mother will know where they stand ahead of Sunday's game against Rangers and where they stand is on shaky ground. One point off the bottom of the league. Big weekend then for the new Motherwell manager, Graham Alexander. And for Gavin Strachan, once again left holding the baby at Celtic as Livingston go there tomorrow looking for their first away win against Celtic in the 26 years of their existence. They might never have a better chance. Jim Duffy, seven days I think since we had you on the show and it's been quite a seven days. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, listen, every day you wake up there's there's something different and in the football world um, you know, there's so many things can impact it. You know, you're not you're not uh, in, always in charge of your own destiny, so to speak. So therefore, you know, whether it's government, um, you know, or, or your, the governing bodies in football, but uh, the lower leagues obviously have been cancelled since we last spoke. We were looking forward to a game on the Saturday and then a cup tie uh, on the Tuesday uh, to play Huntley, and the winners of that had had been drawn to play Aberdeen. So it was a big incentive for both clubs, and we were looking forward to it. We trained on the Sunday, uh, Gordon, obviously in preparation for that. The game being off, uh, and then we're told in the Monday that uh, you know that that the the circumstances changed quite dramatically. So yeah, very frustrating, very difficult. But as I've said, we totally understand um, the situation just now. Uh, I don't know if it's quite fair just to cancel <laughs> leagues uh, uh, one and two, but uh, nevertheless, uh, you have to respect the decision because as as I've said, public health is, is 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 really what's important, and I think we've got to put things in perspective. Football is is still a, an enjoyment in the game. But it's uh, a way down a list of priorities And of course the big breaking news before we came on Was that Boris Johnson mm-hmm. announced the end to all travel corridors Which is a shame because you were just telling me You were planning to whip the Dumbarton squad off to Dubai uh, yeah, In this break that you've got uh, I don't know if it was Dubai or Danoon I think it was right, Danoon okay. was it no said So um, listen, uh, yeah, you know, again as I said Every day there's another decision made As I said from the, uh, the governing body So we just have to accept it And uh, I don't think it'll affect uh, myself Or any Dumbarton players in the near future That's for sure uh, yeah, Hugh Evans, you have you've seen it all. Let's be honest. You thought you had seen it all, perhaps until this week. For sure, uh, you know we're in such a confused place, Gordon. I think you know Jim's talking about leagues one and two being suspended. Uh, is that necessarily fair to let the other two go on? Then I, I read John Robertson, the Inverness Cali Thistle manager, this morning saying he'd have been in favour of stopping the championship right now. We are in a truly confused place. All we have to do is take one day at a time, one game at a time. 0141 951 1025. That is the number you need, so step up 
And let us know what is on your mind You can tweet as well at Clyde SSB But it's much better uh, to let us hear you So Friday night's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard We need you on the phones 01419511025 Celtic with their Covid hit squad Ready to play Livingston Tomorrow Gavin Strachan And Callum McGregor in front of the media today Celtic fans Give us all your thoughts Rangers extremely close to signing Scott Wright According to Stephen Gerrard um, Full of praise for Stephen Davis As he prepares for a 300 appearance as well So why not get in touch on those St Mirren and Kilmarnock fans How are you feeling tonight After uh, successful appeals against those Covid punishments Muller will have signed Stephen Lawless It is all happening Let us hear from you right now 0141 951 1025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB Let's hear from uh, The Celtic camp then Let's start from Callum McGregor He'll be captaining the side You would imagine uh, This weekend It's been quite the week The Dubai thing rumbled on uh, Then it developed a bit When Peter Law will come out With his apology And statement about the events Certain comments in there For instance about Celtic Being the hardest hit By the pandemic That raised a few eyebrows With the callers on this show um, Here's what Callum McGregor uh, Here's what his take On what was meant by that I think in terms of Actual performance I think he was maybe talking A bit more along those lines and In terms of you know Missing the fans And having the full stadium To to roll the team on so I think you know maybe in that, in that sense I think it means more in terms of performance I think every club in the world's been affected you know financially with it and like you said some more than others but um, you know it's a really difficult world that we're living in just now and and like I said I think we, we have to just try and be as positive as, as we can everyone try and help each other and you know, just a general message of trying to help each other get through this because it's, it's such an unprecedented time that um, now we need each other more than ever. And, and I'm talking about humanity in that sense as well. So um, I think, you know, the, the further we go into this, everyone has been affected, you know, like I said, some more than others. And, um, you know, with the comments, like I said, I think it's more in terms of performance um, rather than, than other things as well. Hugh? It's a humane reaction from Callum McGregor, and for that I think he should be praised, but his take on it is not necessarily my take on it, Gordon. I thought that Peter Lawwell was perhaps trying to appeal to that section of the Celtic support who would sometimes say Celtic are right even when they're wrong, but I don't think that's how the Celtic supporters feel about the ill-advised trip to Dubai. I think that particular comment from Peter Lawwell has backfired on him. 0141-951-1025. That is the number you need, so get in touch right now. Let us know what's on your mind. David will kick us off. David's calling in from Canvas Lang. How's it going, David? Not bad yourself, guys. Not bad at all. What's on your mind tonight? It's actually a question more than seeking an opinion for the guys. It's just about the statement that Peter Lawwell had made. And I've asked everybody, I've emailed the club. No response, of course. Peter Lawwell said we an awful lot when he was talking about we went to Dubai. Was he meaning we as in the way we were talking about Celtic being we? Or are you going to absolutely blow my mind here and tell me that Peter Lawwell was in Dubai? The honest answer, Hugh Keevans, is I don't know. I assume, and it's a pretty strong assumption, that as the chief executive of the football club, he's referring to we as in the football club. And, and that's about that. I could be wrong, yeah. but is that, is that fair? I don't imagine that Peter Lawwell was in Dubai. Uh, I will stand corrected if he was, but I don't imagine he was there. And I would imagine that Peter Lawwell has referred to Celtic as we 
since he was a child because he has been a Celtic supporter since childhood. And if you are chief executive of the club, then I expect you in conversation always to refer to Celtic as we. What what difference... What, why is it you're so keen to clear that up, David? Does, does that make a difference for you? Like I say, I, su- I assume he wasn't there and the we is, is about the club. I know, it really does. And you don't really need to be the chief executive you to refer to him as we. We all refer to him as we. But we never went to Dubai last week. But we did when Peter Law was talking. And I'm, I'm generally, I'm, I'm not, I'm, 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 as I say, I've emailed the club. I've asked all my mates. They've got the same reaction as you. I would maybe just like you, but a journalistic digging or whatever. Could you find out definitively if Peter Law went to Dubai? Because I don't want to start throwing stones if the guy didn't go to Dubai. But if he did go to Dubai, that, that's, that's got to be the final straw, is it not? What's intensive about Peter Law? I mean, what's, what's this intensive training? You know, all right, with all the, the wise of the you take a guy that's maybe not going to play for the rest of the season on an intensive training with a, with a boot on his leg, right? What's intensive? What, what, what's he going to do that's intensive? But if it's an intensive training trip, and we went I, I just You know but, but David, David I really I really feel like You're focusing too much On this word We I, Peter Lowell Is not going to refer to Celtic As Celtic He's calling the we Because Because it's Peter Lowell Jim Is that Am I reading that wrong? No, I mean, listen, I think the, 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 the bigger point for David is whether Peter Lowell went or not because he didn't need to go. It's not, he's not part of the, he, I'm pretty the coaching sure he didn't staff. For what it's worth, but so someone I think can it's, more to do with, it's more to do with that. Um, again, uh, see, listen, you know, I think it's, I know fans are, fans are frustrated, but I think it's time to move on. It's been done. Uh, Peter Lowell's made an apology. Um, you know, some people can think it was it wasn't far enough. Some people think it's okay. Whatever you can take a stand on that. But the bottom line is, is it's done. Is you know, it's time to move on. Uh, it made an apology. It was wrong. I think everybody, pretty much everyone, agreed that it wasn't the right thing to do. Um, but you know, as I said, <laughs> unless you can, you know, you're constantly asking someone the questions and 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 can analyse every phrase and every word that someone says. You know, and you want an answer. Yeah, listen, there's 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 hundreds of thousands of Celtic fans, and they could all ask different questions. So uh, I think that uh, David just got to accept the fact that he's teaming away, wasn't happy about it. They're back and 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 get mm. back to playing now. Yeah, I admire Jim's optimism on that, Hugh Keevans. It doesn't seem like the type of issue that's going to be moved on from not not by us, by by the Celtic fans who are unimpressed by the full thing. Who are unimpressed with the, the, the performances on the pitch And how that's coincided Who are unimpressed with Peter Lowell's reaction I, I'm not, yeah. I don't get the sense that there's a massive appetite for moving on No, uh, you know you've got uh, clubs in uh, League 1 and League 2 Who are suggesting publicly uh, That they have been suspended because of the Celtic trip It's the SFA and the SPFL uh, Trying to make peace with the Scottish government. I've also heard suggestions that Celtic's trip to Dubai threatens the game and the Scottish government might pull the plug on Scottish football as a whole. I've even heard that the decision taken on St Mirren and Kilmarnock this evening uh, relates to the Celtic trip to Dubai as well. So what next? Are we going to blame the Celtic trip to Dubai if anything goes wrong at Joe Biden's inauguration on Wednesday? Uh, right, David. Let's, for the purposes of the discussion, right, assume that that I'm right and that Peter Lowell wasn't there. What, what, what does that do for you then? What, what, what's your what's your wider point? 
Well, it certainly doesn't affect Joe Biden's inauguration view. That's just stupid. I mean, really. I think it was probably a wee joke, David, for, for what it's worth. It was just a wee tongue-in-cheek comment. It's not funny. So I'm just giving you my opinion on his tongue-in-cheek comment. It's got nothing to do with Joe Biden. Yeah, no, but I'm sure Hugh doesn't think your incessant questioning about whether Peter Lowell was in Dubai or not is a good question, but he's a bit more polite about it, so maybe you would afford him the same respect in return. Uh, absolutely, I will. Well, uh, well I, I don't think flippancy due respect, but all I was asking was, it was a question. I just wanted to know that the guys went on an intensive training trip and I wanted to know, did the chief executive, mm. did, well, and if so, what was his point in being there? Okay, thank you, David and Cambus Lang, 0141-951-1025. We are not biased to the area of Cambus Lang. Callers from other areas are allowed on, but Ken is also in Cambus Lang. I don't know if he's David's neighbour or not. What's on your mind tonight, Ken? Well, first of all, I'm sick and tired of hearing about Dubai. I've phoned out a couple of times this week to talk about the Monday night game, but Dubai will seem to be the main topic. Now, with the game being tomorrow, I mean, I think there's only going to be one change in the team, and uh, as every spit, uh, it'll be near beat on. He'll probably come on for Stephen Welsh, although you that they might think uh, take mm-hmm. Duffy off instead. But I thought Duffy had an all right game. You know, on the Monday night, I mean, Hibs really should have got in two or three nil up. You know, but they're, sh- they're shooting the goal right at the keeper, and even Hugh Evans could have saved them. And uh, I mean, it was good to see Mikey Johnson get a game, so hopefully you will continue that tomorrow. I mean, McGregor just needs to show you his captain material and lead that team the way Scott Brown would lead that team. You know, but in his own manner. Yeah, I mean, Ken's right, Hugh, in the sense that th- there is now there is there is a job to be done, and I, I guess that's where Jim was coming from as well about you know trying to move on. Celtic are now miles and miles behind Rangers. They have to win a game tomorrow with a shadow squad against one of the informed teams in the country. The the league for me has gone without shadow of a doubt. Uh, the impact of the Dubai trip has now been felt by Celtic. The loss of all the players who are isolating uh, left them well short, I thought, on Monday night in two areas, Gordon. I still believe that Connor Hazard is a long way off being ready uh, to play in Celtic's first team. His reaction at the Hibs equalising goal was poor for me, along with plenty of other players who were poor. Also, Cameron Harper, I said on Monday night to you before the game started, I felt sorry for him. Alec Ray chose to see it as an opportunity for the player, but again, having... Looked at Cameron Harper, he is way, way short of first team level at Celtic as yet. So for me, they have a problem tomorrow in goal. And if Cameron Harper is the only recognised striker available to Gavin Strachan, I think they have a problem there as well. Jim, what what is the, the, the real aim for the rest of the season? There will be people out there who wholeheartedly believe that, that Celtic can claw this back. I, I don't sense there's many of them. So what you know, what what can be done over the next couple of weeks? All, all Celtic can do is win the games ahead of them and, and try to make sure that um, you know that uh, if they can narrow the gap at all, obviously you know once they get to the games in hand situation and play those games. But uh, you know they they've been kind of you know victims of their own downfall a little bit in the sense of what's happened away to Dubai. It's, it's backfired on them obviously with the um, the, the self isolation uh, for for the you know an awful lot of players. I mean you can look at it another way as, as Alec had said um, early on in the week gives young players a chance, or you could maybe look at if you want to be critical and say well really you would expect Celtic to have better 
underneath the first team in terms of strike and strike force um, and and their uh, development group. Um, so you know, and maybe ready to go in, uh, you know, rather than always bringing players into the club. Uh, you know, as Ken said, it's good for Mikey Johnson, but. Yeah, he can do a, a bit of a job up there, but he's not a centre forward. He's he's a he's a wide player. Um, so yeah, listen, there's one or two things to be asked, uh, and, and again, they might have to look at it and play a little bit like Man City just now without a, a recognised centre forward and and, and play. Um, we have false nine as they want to call it these days, and they may have to just tweak it a little bit. Um, they didn't have a lot of time to prepare. They've had a little bit more time now to prepare for for Livingston. Um, but all Celtic can do is try and win the games. Um, you know they they can't affect what Rangers are doing. Rangers are are in imperious form just now, uh, and you, they don't look likely to to lose points. So Celtic can't affect that. All they can do is look at the, themselves and see if they can get on some sort of consistent run of maybe six seven games on the bounce to see whether they can narrow that gap. Um, even to round about a dozen points um, to see to see whether that can give them a little bit of confidence uh, Ken I'm looking at Twitter again and a couple of nights on it doesn't look like lots of people are, are willing to, to move on and, and forget about Dubai the way that you have so tell us how you've how you've managed it how you've found it within yourself to, to put it to the back of your mind already the, the damage is done it's done and dusty no complaining about it's going to fix all the damage that's been done we've got 13 players self-isolate, no amount of complaining is going to change that. So what's the point of complaining about it? It's been done. You know, Celtic are suffering themselves because of it. And that's how, that's how I've moved on. It's, you know, for me, football's no life and death. You know, it's, uh, you know I mean, a lot of people write diehard. I'm not, I'm not diehard. I've, I watch all the Celtic games I can. I've never been to a game in my life. But I've, I've followed Celtic since, since I was a wee boy. You know, I've always followed them. But I agree with you that, yeah, the season looks like it's over to a shadow of a doubt. If the season continues in its normal vein, it will be Rangers. However, this isn't normal, the situation that we're in. You know, Rangers players could come down with, with, with COVID and have to self-isolate. God forbid they don't and everyone stays okay. But you just never know in this season what's going to happen to teams. You just never know. Uh, I think, you know, Ken is hoping against hope. Uh, I'd rather keep COVID-19 out of the conversation with regard to how it might affect the league and its progress. I just happen to think that the 21-point lead that Rangers have, albeit that Celtic have three games in hand, even if they win them, uh, Rangers' lead would still be substantial. I just think that if the season progresses without interference from the pandemic... There is absolutely no doubt mm. in this world that Rangers will win the title. Uh, Gavin Strachan confirming today as well, the self-isolating players, the management staff will be back in time for next Wednesday's Premiership game at Livingston. So that's uh, one to keep an eye on. 01419511025. More of your calls next. Breakfast. Next week on the show we're going to try and catch up with Nathan the Sea Shanty Posty because Cassie's obsessed with sea shanties and needs a bit of help. George is up at four o'clock, he puts on his pants and his shoes and his socks, he cycles to work with the wind in his hair early in the morning. She definitely needs help. Live from Glasgow, Barrier Breakfast. With the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. Clyde One. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans are here 01419511025 We are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB Let's hear a bit from Stephen Gerrard He was on pre-match media duties today He says they are extremely close To signing Scott Wright on a pre-contract He says there's the possibility That one of his players could move to Aberdeen this month To try and, and bring the deal forward Speed it up a bit The money men will talk I'm sure in the conversations They'll have everything on the table In terms of possibilities To try and get this done In the coming weeks um, There's different options You know there's, there's a possibility Of maybe one of our players Going the other way There's a possibility Of cash up front And I don't know Where the Ross McCrory deal lies In terms of What needs to be done And what doesn't need to be done But I'm sure That's another possibility as well But as I say The, the, the main thing here Is to do things right And properly That's the reason why I had the conversation with Derek. There was already talks above myself and Derek prior to that conversation. So look, it's it's a case of us respecting the situation where it's at. If a deal can be done in the short term, great, from my point of view. If not, we might have to be patient and, and wait for the summer. But we are extremely close in terms of having it done for the summer. George is a Rangers fan in Rutherglen, extremely close to Scott Wright in the summer. Maybe do something to bring it forward to January, George. What do you make of that? Yeah, you know what I mean? Anything that's going to add to the squad is a good thing, I suppose. You know what I mean? You don't want to deplete it. You want to be adding at this point. Don't know much about the player. Um, players are coming back from injury. I think Jack's back this week mm. also, or possibly next week. So, yeah, um, if it obviously mm-hmm. you know makes the squad better, then... Go for it, you know, especially if you're getting it for a cut price deal. What do you make of it, Jim? Yeah, I mean, I've seen Scott Wright um, several times uh, when I've seen him in loan when he was in loan at Dundee. Uh, I've seen him with Aberdeen. I, I must admit, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that um, one it came out of the blue and it seems to be you know really accelerating towards getting this done. Um, he's really only had this season, really. I mean, I know he's. He said, you know, little kind of parts of you know previous scenes at Aberdeen, but has really, injury in problems, ter- yeah, hasn't he? But in terms of establishing himself, uh, listen, he, he does have potential, but he is twenty three, I think, coming up for twenty four. Um, so he may be a wee bit of a late developer in that aspect. And again, I look at Rangers squad at the top end of the pitch. Yeah, I mean, Stephen Gerrard says what somebody might be going. It could be Greg Stewart. You know, you, you know, you never know. It could be Jordan Jones. Who knows? There's a number of players there that that uh, are surplus to requirements. Um, but I just don't know where he would play. I think he'd be a squad player. Um, you know, they've got they've got a host of players. He can play wide. He can play off the front. So he does give options in that area. But again, uh, you know, listen, if he's another Glenn Kamara, fans will be absolutely thrilled. And uh, you know, you don't always have to spend mega millions to be to 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 get a top class player. But um, as I said, it does surprise me a little bit that one. Who are the obvious contenders, George, for players who might? Be moved in the opposite direction To try and speed the deal up I just think the players you mentioned To be quite honest with you You know I mean That wasn't really my main point To be quite honest mm. with you You know um, My main point is um, It's just that I've been listening to the phone in For weeks and ends You know Even before Celtic's former sabotage um, Before they went to Dubai You know um, And I'm not saying it's true generally um, But it seems to be the general public um, Maybe not the panel As so much But because um, they have recognised Rangers' achievements. But I think what a lot of people are forgetting about here, before Celtic's form a sabotage that they're doing at the moment, I don't think even a great Celtic team could have done much for what Rangers are doing at the moment. They've won 15 games in a row, which Brendan Rodgers never done. You know, I know the record's 25 by Martin O'Neill, so we're second in all-time record. We've dropped four points all season, and we've conceded six goals. 
that's what pressure does to you. And that's also a form of why Celtic have dipped for the first time in a long, long time. A pressure's been applied and you can't cope with it. And this is a different Rangers team this year and they all know it. Celtic fans at the start of the season, I was on the phone and were hanging out for us to collapse. That was their get-out-of-jail card after January. That's not going to happen. Anybody, and now they're coming on saying there's maybe still a chance, there's still a chance. If I was a Rangers man and Celtic were 21 points ahead with a possible 12 points after game in hands, I would be mitting defeat at the moment. You know, Rangers have been outstanding and I know you're going to say you have not said that, but I think a lot of times it's got to be pulled up with people that are falling in to recognise even a good, good Celtic team would have struggled to perform the way Rangers have performed at the moment. We've done our job quietly. We've beat teams after team after team. We've conceded less goals. We've been fantastic in Europe. We've had one slip up all season. You know, I don't Dubai had no Dubai. Before Dubai had no before Dubai. Celtic wouldn't have won the league this year. Yeah, Hugh, you, you can't you can't argue with the you can't argue with with the points total. No. You, you cannot argue with that league table. I, I don't think. And again, George is, is talking about the public. He admitted that it's no one on here. I'm yeah. not hearing too many people saying that, that Celtic are, have handed the handed the advantage back to Rangers. I feel like I don't know. What's your take on it? No, I'm glad George exonerated the panel here because uh, we've been uh, upfront with regard to Rangers and how well they have played and how astonishing the 15 league wins in a row have been. Uh, the defensive record, six goals lost all season, absolutely terrific. Um, I also think the Celtic supporters, after January 2nd, when Rangers beat Celtic 1-0, I think the Celtic supporters, 99.9% of them realised that the game was up that night uh, and that Celtic wouldn't come back. I mean, if that was a must-win game, then the game that followed against Hibs at Celtic Park was a really, really must-win game, and they didn't win that either. So I think the Celtic supporters have now conceded that the leagues are goner. Uh, you'd have to be a very special kind of optimist to, to think there's still a chance. And th- there are two sides to every coin, George. You know, we've we acknowledged Rangers. We're running out of superlatives to describe Rangers' season. The other side of the coin, this will be the season that will be remembered for Rangers being unable to do anything wrong and Celtic being unable to do anything right. Yeah, that's the thing, George. Are we not allowed at times to just take them in isolation? I know it feels in this city like the two are always linked. If you're talking about the points gap, then you're right. There's not a lot Celtic could have done about this because Rangers have been almost flawless. But when people talk about Celtic's calamitous season, George, they're also including the decision to sign Barkas for £5 million, the decision to sign Ayeti for £5 million, Ball and Golly deciding to... Head off to Spain for a day and do whatever he was doing. The decision to go to Dubai, the the back to back or the, the consecutive four one defeats to Sparta Prague. So these are all things that actually don't have anything to do with Rangers. If we're talking about the league table, you're bang on. But but, but there must be times where where people are allowed to just mention what a time of it Celtic have had, and that isn't necessarily taking anything away from your team. Right. Okay. I, I totally get that, and I'm not saying that you're taking anything away from your team. I'm saying under a normal season where Rangers were competing yeah fair enough these kind of things that are happening to Celtic would be contributing to them possibly where they are in the league 
Okay, this isn't a normal season. This is the best start of a season I think Rangers are possibly ever had. But it's up there with the Brendan Rodgers seasons. I may be wrong. I think they're about a point, two points behind that that kind of record, which is which, which is a phenomenal record. Mm-hmm. The fact that Celtic part of winning the league is also recruiting, so you've got to recruit pro- properly. Yeah, it's not our fault that Celtic have spent money and not recruited problem uh, properly. Europe's got nothing to do, really. I do get that. Celtic fans can go on about that all they want. They've never prioritised it over the last three or four years because they've had hell-bent all they're thinking about is this glorious ten in a row. And it's come back to haunt them. What I would say is, going through the seasons when we weren't competing or we weren't um, doing anything after January, you know, that wasn't an excuse for us not to win the league. Celtic won the league on their own merits, not because Rangers couldn't compete after January or Rangers capitulated. Celtic went on a fantastic run last season and they won the league because of the run they went on. Not because Rangers didn't compete after that. It would have been hard for Rangers to win the league last season on the form that Celtic used uh, before the, 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 the league split up. So I think, yeah, there is obviously that in getting circumstances in regards to the downfall of Celtic. But under a normal season, yes, but not this season because Rangers have almost had a 100% season and there's no Celtic team apart from the one team during Brendan Rodgers' time that could ever have competed for that. No, no one's no one's doubting this though. That, that's the point I'm trying to put across. It seems that George is, is pre-empting that when Rangers do win the title, people are then going to say, ah, it's only because Celtic capitulated. <laughs> Fine, I don't know. People might say it. I won't say it. You won't say it. Hugh yeah. won't say it. Rangers have been brilliant. Say it again for George. Yeah. Just so, Ra- that, so that we're clear. Ra- Rangers have been amazing this season. Absolutely phenomenal, and I think that uh, you know you, you, you're always going to be you know we're always going to say that 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 there's there's no there's no problem with saying that because it's deserved thoroughly deserved. But the the thing is, I don't really think it would have mattered if Rangers would have scrambled over the line this year. To a lot of Rangers fans, they just want to win the league. They want trophies. Is is you know you you know and and that's that's the. That's the big thing, you know, is to, is to get that silverware, but particularly the number one target, which is the league. Um, Rangers have recruited well, but also, as I've said on the programme before, it's taken a bit of time and a bit of patience. Um, you know, no, no one, you know, there's very, very few Rangers fans, I think, would would, would have said that James Tavernier was their favourite player over the last couple of years, or Connor Golson for that matter. But these two players... And amongst other players, have improved significantly uh, over the the last. I think perhaps this season, maybe eighteen months, but certainly, um, you know, that's the other side of it. As players who were at the club improving, uh, and amongst the recruitment. So, listen, Rangers have done a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of things right. They've had the patience, and Stephen Gerrard's had the knowledge and the understanding of right. Okay, this is what we need to tweak over the next couple, over the next couple of. Um, you know, months. But the big thing is, can they get a can they get a trophy? Listen to Jim Duffy trying to talk over his comedy ringtone. Can you hear that? What tune is that? It's uh, Cub Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> which Honestly. is Larry David. If anybody actually wants to watch it, it's brilliant. It's it it decent, to be fair. Hugh Evans is the Nokia. I got that one on its um, on its mm-hmm. repertoire. Don't mention mm-hmm. the Nokia to me. I get a phone call or rather <laughs> a text message at two twenty nine a.m. Mm. this morning. 2.29 from the 
the people who supply my Nokia to say, <laughs> there's an upgrade coming. Get on board, Hugh. 2.29am. Uh, George and Rotherglen, a pleasure. Hopefully we'll speak to you soon. That was George on 01419511025. Jerry is on the line. Jerry wants to speak about a phrase, right, that came into Scottish football back in March. I had rarely heard it before. I kind of hoped I would never hear it again. And Jerry's going to talk about it next. I'll tell you what that phrase is after these. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy are here We're here until 8 o'clock So loads of time to get your answer, uh, your calls in I should say 0141-951-1025 Jerry is on the line I teed you up before the travel Jerry. what's that phrase What's that phrase I'm talking about That sneaked its way into the Scottish football dictionary Back in March And you want to bring it up again Oh, it was not me, Gordon. It's been brought up in the last couple of days. The uh-huh. old Nolan Boyd. I think you have to have a wee go at Mr. Keith Jackson. He's the he's the guy who's responsible for it. Um, but it, here's the thing: Celtic's this season has been an absolute disaster. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. And Rangers have been very good. But I'd just like to say, George, for all the praise they've been getting, they haven't actually winning this. And of course, when they played St. Mirren, they lost when they really had to. But the issue is this: we can keep burying our heads in the sand all we want. We're living in a time like no other. A season already had to be curtailed short last year. It's, it's more than a distinct possibility it's going to happen again. But I was on the show back in August. There's no plan in place. The clubs don't want to take any responsibility. Neil Doncaster's a joke. What is going to happen again when this season? And I don't think it's if. I think it's when this season is curtailed short again. Is the season going to be called after 50 percent of games? Legally, can they do it? Can they not avoid the season? Now, as a Celtic fan. I don't actually want to see it happen, although I would love to see the reaction in Alex Ray's face. That would be very funny. But what is going to happen? I'm not, I don't expect you guys to have the answer, but we can't just not talk about this. We can't just keep burying our heads in the sand. It's a real possibility that this season will not be completed again. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, Hugh, that phrase, null and void, I keep seeing it on social media again. It's, it's come back into... To the debate now. Here are the quotes, right? Because headlines can get people very excited and 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 you know heat up about it. But Neil Doncaster asked it wasn't so. The Daily Record have got the quotes in front of me, um, and he said, you know, is null and void an option? Is the question. That's a matter for the clubs. Last year it became clear we couldn't complete it. The vast majority of clubs accepted, blah blah blah, and so on. They wanted the season to be curtailed on a points per game basis. No one's got a crystal ball. Um, again, the members might have a decision to make. Um, he talks about 75% of games last season having been played uh, But again, he just says it will be for the members to determine what happens in the event uh, that they're not so He says the consequences of a void season are dramatic because of commercial contracts um, But at the moment there's no reason to believe the Premiership and the Championship won't be completed Well, Jerry has asked a, a hypothetical question um, But... All I can do is tell him what has taken place thus far. Uh, twice the SPFL board have asked the member clubs if in the event of the season needing to be declared null and void, could they have the power to decide what happens then? Well, not, not oh, being declared null and void, well, well, it have to be brought to a close. Short. Yep. I beg your pardon, yes, been cut short. Uh, what happens then? Will they empower the SPFL board to declare it null and void or to call it as they called it last season and to make Celtic champions and relegate hearts? And on both occasions, the clubs have refused 
to empower the SPFL board. And I know of one former SPFL board member who got off the board rather than be left in a position where he might have to be part of the decision-making process if it was about declaring the season null and void or declaring people champions because he felt there was a personal safety aspect attached to it. And that's the way, I'm afraid, life is today. So twice they have asked the member clubs if the SPFL board can take that decision on board and declare null and void or declare a team champion and another team relegated. Therefore, if it should happen, and Jerry, as I say, has asked a hypothetical question, if it should happen, we'll have civil war within the game. Jim Duffy, Neil Doncaster's always been pretty clear. He's consistent, if nothing else. He's 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 very consistent in reminding people oh, it's up to the clubs. He's the chief exec, but it's going to be up to the clubs. It's up to the clubs. It's up to the clubs. I think Jerry's general point is: can we can we have some sort of plan in place if the day was to come? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, most people would have thought, you know, in those uh, that interim period in the summer, that uh, there'd be scenarios, you know, that, that you know, worst case scenario, best case scenario, and in between, um, before a ball was kicked. But uh, as Neil Doncaster said, the clubs w- weren't going to give them the authority to do that. The member clubs, so they they, they weren't in a position to do that. Um, Jerry seems adamant that he said it's not it's not where it's not if it will be when. The difference between this season and last season is that um, there's obviously testing in place, um, you know, and the, 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 the protocols are in place. Last year, when the, the season was curtailed, no one really knew what was happening. Mm. Everyone kind of thought, um, you know, that uh, it would get up and running again. It didn't happen without all these protocols. So there's a lot more, um, you know, that, that, that clubs have, have done now to to protect the players, uh, to mitigate the circumstances. Yeah, we know it's not that there's still been many cases, and we totally understand that. And we also understand of the uh, the current situation, um, you know, with the acceleration uh, in COVID. But as far as football is concerned, um, yeah, I, I, I think unless there was something majorly, major change in circumstances, I think, I think it'll on. continue. Yeah, I think it'll continue. I mean, Jerry, I know you're a Celtic fan, so is it as simple? You would have been against null and void last season, so I, I assume you're still very much against it, yeah? Yeah, I mean, look, you can't have one season, you know, declared champions and then the next not. But the difference between this season and last season, say that we have to stop football at the beginning of February, you know, last season the clubs had played 75% of the games, and I think, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think that's the rule saying that if the games are played up to 75%, then you can end the season. You know, is it right to end, would it be right to relegate Ross County right now? I don't think anyone would agree on that. But, you know, it, we can't keep burying our heads in the sand, you know, we can talk about um, football being in its bubble. I hate this term, bubble, you know. Footballers do live in their own bubble, yes, in their heads sometimes, but, you know, footballers are human beings, and You've seen on the news today that talk about in England they can't even celebrate goals now or they're not supposed to. And I've actually thought about that myself. Why are players hugging themselves? I know they get testing. I know they get track and trace. doesn't matter when you're, you know, all that close to people. You're a distance between the dressing rooms, but you go out and you kiss and hug people after you score a goal. The whole thing is flawed. In my opinion, I wish football wasn't on because then football would be kept safe like everyone else. But that's a side issue. But... We cannot. We have to get a plan in place. We can't just. Hugh's saying hypothetical. It's not hypothetical, Hugh. It's already happened. 
pretty plan for what something that is very likely to happen again. It's still hypothetical, though. I mean, it's still saying it yeah. might happen, so therefore might, it's, might it's hypothetical. I, I must say, I think, and this might well be my fault, I think Chris is maybe picking up wrong. He's sort of having a wee go saying that I'm pretending that Neil Doncaster is clear and consistent. I maybe didn't quite get the tone right. I'm saying he's very consistent in reminding everyone that it's up to the clubs. It wasn't necessarily um, a glowing compliment towards Neil Doncaster, so maybe that was my fault. I'm delighted that Ross County are uppermost in Jerry's thoughts and whether or not Ross County get relegated. Uh, I'll go back to the point. If the SPFL board cannot be empowered by the member clubs to take a decision, then it's a free-for-all. And I'm confining myself, Jerry, to this season. What happened last season is in the past. It is a hypothetical question this season until it actually happens. Uh, and at that point, if the SPFL board are refused permission to make the call, then there are 42 member clubs. It's a free for all, and may heaven have mercy on our souls. Just let them vote, Jim. It went. Yeah. It went. You know, it was it was so, such a straightforward process last time when everyone voted yeah. and, and went along without any bumps in the road. So. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit confused Joking, simply because obviously the decision's been made to to suspend. Leagues 1 and League 2 just now So I'm presuming that was done From the SPFL board Because it certainly wasn't done by the clubs So the member clubs Mm. didn't vote To suspend I wonder if the difference there being the suspension Rather than the termination if you like Or completely curtailing it The the plan is to get them back up and running again So technically the Premier League And the Championship could be suspended By By the, the, the SPFL board I would imagine so. Yeah. So there's a possibility of that, I suppose, if they if they wanted some mm. sort of, you know, as, as, they, as they call it, you know, another phrase that we've heard over recent weeks, circuit breaker. But listen, you know, the Jerry and everyone's got their views on it. Me personally, listen, you know, safety of anyone is, is always going to be paramount. But I do think that, you know, there are millions of people around the country Look forward to watching a game of football, even if it's not their team on it. On it, it brings joy. It brings something to look forward to. If you take football away just now, you know, literally, you know, I think that the entertainment you, you've get, you, you know, even Strictly's finished these days, so you can't even watch that. There is, there is pretty much very little to look forward to. Right, let's thank Jerry and co-winning and bringing Fraser in East Kilbride. We'll squeeze him in before the news. Hi, Fraser. How you doing, Gordon? Congrats, congratulations on your uh, baby. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Still, still hey, here. Oh, just a few more grey hairs, Fraser, but we're, we're fine. <laughs> Getting old. Uh, Dog, just want to put, put it to you. What did you think about the league, just about Neil Doncaster? Um, because of obviously he's had scrutiny in the past. Went back towards obviously when the league last year when it got called. Um, what does he think? In case how much how much does he think the Rangers would take a court if the league made null and void? First of all, Neil Doncaster doesn't have a vote. Uh, Neil Doncaster is there to organise meetings and to try his best to get the SPFL board uh, to deal with particular issues. He's been blamed for allowing Celtic to go to Dubai, for example. He's already made himself clear on that this morning, that the SPFL board are there to look after the fixture list, but they cannot Mm. instruct clubs on where they should go in a winter break. Uh, So 
again, it's a hypothetical question. It's got nothing to do with Neil Doncaster. It's Neil Doncaster on behalf of the SPFL board saying, will you empower us to take a decision? If not, then there are 42 member clubs. It will have to go to a vote. But this all sounds very like something Neil Doncaster would say here. People not getting fed up with that line. We, we know that the clubs voted... Uh, last time And he's there To try and carry out The wishes of the club Whatever it is But he's the chief executive Of the SPFL And I, I sense Looking at fans Of all clubs On our social media feed Right now they, They're no longer Interested in keeping Hearing this That, that Neil Doncaster's Not accountable For anything Well In what way Is he accountable If he doesn't Have a vote Well I'm talking more generally does there not seem to be a lack of accountability then? Whether that's, I'm not saying that's Neil Doncaster's fault, maybe it's the structure that's broken. But every time this comes up, we say, oh, well, it's all down to the clubs, you know, so they'll need to vote. And oh, don't, don't ask him about Dubai. We I mean, know he's just there to look after the fixture list. At, at what point is Neil Doncaster responsible for something? But, but isn't it fair if the man says, well, I can't tell Celtic not to go to Dubai or to advise any other club on what to do? Uh, he was asked to rearrange a fixture against Hibs and it was certainly done in a way that did not please Hibs and I don't think that the SPFL board came out of it covered in glory but it's not up to Neil Doncaster to tell Celtic where they should and should not go when this matter comes up if it comes up then as I said to you there'll be civil war and there will be court cases as there were court cases last March when it came up for the first time uh, and at that time, there was a move to say that the SPFL uh, hierarchy, Neil Doncaster included, uh, were not fit for purpose. But that particular course of action was not seen through to the end. I'm going to try and get me a job where I can just blame everybody else. That sounds brilliant, right? Time to move on. Thanks to Fraser Nisco Bride. Sorry it was short and sweet. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Okay, beat the pundit time. Tell you what, it's been a tough old spell for the pundits. I think three out of the last five have gone to the listeners in somewhat comical fashion last night. I might play that clip back in case you missed it. It was one worth hearing again, believe me. 01419511025. Beat the pundit after the news. Lines close at seven. Be quick. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Evans here tonight. 01419511025 to join in. We've already been hearing from the likes of Callum McGregor, Stephen Gerrard, even that old phrase null and void just came up. I hear that in my nightmares, Jim Duffy. Bennett, Bennett. Takes me back to March, <laughs> uh, I must admit. Uh, big news for St Mirren and Kilmarnock, and I suppose it impacts Hamilton and Motherwell and everyone else, really. Those COVID punishment appeal victories today. We're going to look at that situation next. So if you've got any thoughts, now is the time. 01419511025. And later this hour, we're giving you another chance to win one of our football survival packs. So stay tuned to find out how you can win that. This first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Ah, yes, beat the pundit time. Now, I can't promise you that it's going to be as dramatic slash calamitous as last night, but we'll have a bit of fun nevertheless. Did you happen to hear it in the man cave last night, Hugh? Uh, 
the United Arab Emirates. Oh, don't, 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 don't ruin the punchline, right? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll play it out first and then we can all decide. This was last night's Beat the Pundit, inspired by Gordon DL. Who's the only Hibs player to have won the Scottish League Cup and the Scottish Cup? Do you agree? In what country is Dubai? United States of Arab. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of just fell apart from there because you, you don't ever recover from that, Hugh Evans. <laughs> no, uh, he's a severe loss to the diplomatic corps, Gordon <laughs> DL. Uh, we can only hope that he never attains a, a seat in government anywhere. He's a radio client's own Henry Kissinger. Right, listen, it'll be much more straightforward tonight, I'm sure of it. Let's meet tonight's contestant, Lewis, is in Hamilton. How's it going, Lewis? Alright, sir, yeah. All good, Lewis. I know what happened, Lewis. You heard that last night and thought, <laughs> if that's the standard, I fancy giving this a go. Is that close to the truth? If it was going to yell again, I would say aye. <laughs> well, listen, he'll be back tomorrow and I'm sure we can uh, remind him of it maybe 10 or 15 times. But you've got Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevens. Heads, it's Hugh. Tails, it's Jim. And it is heads, it's Hugh from home yet again. Uh, Hugh Keevens, you lost. Did you lose on, was it Friday? Monday? Uh, so far, so far, I have won one, mm-hmm. lost one. Right, okay, from home. Let's see how you get on. I'm going to make you disappear. How good does that sound? <laughs> magic button here. Uh, we can't hear him, he can't hear us, Lewis. So, 30 seconds on the clock, up against Hugh, and you can pass. Ready? Yep. Good man, 30 seconds starts now. How many Scottish League titles did Georgia Samaras win with Celtic? Four. Who was the last Scottish side Stephen Lawless played for? Hello. Who scored Rangers winner against Celtic in the 2011 League Cup final? Pass. Who are St Mirren playing tomorrow? St Johnson. How many teams in the SPFL have the word Rangers in their name? The Re. Celtic Scott Robertson's been recalled from a loan at which English side? Pass. Okay, let's bring Hugh Keevens back. Uh, it's a different button this time. Where is he? Hugh, can you hear us? I can Great, same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now How many Scottish League titles Did Georgia Samaras win with Celtic? Two Who was the last Scottish side That Stephen Lawless played for? Partick Thistle Who scored Rangers winner Against Celtic In the 2011 League Cup final? Uh, Stephen Nason Who are St Mirren playing tomorrow? Pass. Who many teams in the SPFL have the word Rangers in their name? Two. Celtic Scott Robertson has been recalled from a loan at which English side? Gillingham. Okay, okay. Lewis, how do you think that went? Horrible. <sighs> do you know what? They were tough tonight. I will give you both mm. the benefit of the doubt. Um, how many league titles did Samaras win with Celtic? Can't be that horrible, Lewis. It was four. Oh, now, I don't mm. know if that was a lucky guess or not, but you got it anyway. So well done. You go 1 0 in front. Who was the last Scottish side that Stephen Lawless played for? He started at Motherwell Lewis and he signed again for Motherwell, but Jim, Levy. it was Livy. So it's still 1 0 to Lewis. Who scored Rangers winner against Celtic in the 2011 League Cup final? It was Nikita Jelovic. Remember it now, Lewis? Went to extra time. Yep, I was uh, going to see Jelovic as well. Ah, see, that's what they all say. Um, who are St Mirren playing tomorrow? It's St Johnston. So after four questions, Lewis 2, Keevans 0. It's looking ominous. How many teams in the SPFL have the word Rangers in their name? You've got the one that plays at Ibrooks. You've got Cove, Cove. Rangers. And that's it, it's two. So Hugh Keevans fights back. Brora and Berwick not in the SPFL. They're the obvious mistakes. 
Uh, it all comes down to this last one. Celtic Scott Robertson has been recalled from loan at which English side? It is Gillingham. Hugh Keevans equalises to all, which means we're going to a tiebreaker. And producer Chris, that is a logistical nightmare because Hugh Keevans <laughs> is at home and he's not quick enough to text his answer on WhatsApp the way the other pundits do when they're home. So how on earth are we going to play this? Trust. This is the, the, this is what they call padding um, in radio, where we figure out a plan. Hugh Keevans, get the Nokia out right now. Is it is it by uh-huh. your side? Is it switched on? It is. Right. It is. You text me this answer as quick as you can, right? It's the only I'm way to do it. Find you in the phone first oh, of for all. For goodness mm. sake! Right, let us Depends know when you've got them under. Uh, right, I've got you. I've right, got you. great. Okay, <laughs> so you text me this straight away. The question is this, Lewis. Just you hold on, Lewis. While he texts me, then I'll invite you uh, for your attempt. The question is, how many appearances has Scott Brown made in European competition? How many appearances has Scott Brown made in European competition? Hugh Keevans, confirm when you have sent the message. Okay, hold on. See, it takes my yeah. while to type it out on the Nokia because you have to press each button. What is it like five times to get the? I can't remember. It was the I, character I, I, that you want. I, I, I'm surprised he's not got an Ericsson. Have you sent it, Hugh? <laughs> I have. Right, Lewis. What's your attempt? 104. 104 Hugh Evans has gone 59 Which is good This is really easy for me Because the answer is 1, 2, 7 Lewis you have oh. squished the tiebreaker And the, uh, we've not got any balls left by the way But we will buy some more And we'll send one out to you in Hamilton Well done That's Well right, done right, Lewis See you later bye guys. Man, That well was done, Lewis in Hamilton 59 59 seriously I'm, well, Honestly That text from my Mobile phone supplier at two twenty nine. Throwing you off, has it? Throwing me. (laughs) That's the worst excuse I've ever heard. Right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Tam is already on saying, "Get the Dazzlers clip played again." United States of Arab. I I would wear it out if I could, but I'll need to. I'll hold on to. Let's build a bit of suspense. Is he back on tomorrow? He's back on tomorrow. Well, I think you've got to embarrass him again. Well, you can't. To be fair, you couldn't embarrass him. You couldn't give him a red face with a blowtorch, could you? He's not. Well, do you know what? Actually, he started off not bothered because he likes. He's good. He's great having a a wee laugh at himself. But then the more it went on. I could tell he was re- really regretting it And I'll, I'll bring this up with him tomorrow <laughs> But he said he said to me that he was going to avoid um, All supermarkets and shops for the next couple of days Just in case anyone slagged them about it So I'll need to check in on, on how that's gone right We do have a massive uh, news story today And it's one that's been bubbling away for a couple of months We've had twists and turns Well finally, Kilmarnock and St Mirren have been successful in overturning an SPFL decision that they should forfeit points for postponing league games after COVID-19 outbreaks. Now, you'll remember the Premiership clubs appealed this, took it to the Scottish FA after the SPFL had awarded wins to Motherwell and Hamilton for games that previously couldn't be fulfilled. So an independent panel heard their case today. Uh, yesterday it was, and the decision's now been overturned, so the matches will be rescheduled, and the clubs have been fined £20,000 each With half of that payable immediately And the remainder has been suspended Now before we get the thoughts of you on the phone And please do phone us right now And let us know what you think Let's bring in uh, a man who's certainly uh, Whose opinion will be interested Tony Fitzpatrick joins us on the line Tony thanks so much for joining us How are you? Yeah I'm fine thanks Gordon Good stuff Uh, Just your reaction first of all Tony To that decision uh, I guess last night or into today yeah, the reaction is a victory for common sense. Um, delighted for our supporters, Kilmarnock, of course, but for every football team in Scotland, really. And I go back to that. I just think it's um, 
a bit of sadness and disappointment as well with this came to this, to be honest, Gordon. Um, when you think of the consequences that's happened since this has happened. So, but again, I'll say victory for common sense. Has this been weighing heavily on the club for the last couple of months? Yes, it has. It's been, no, again, you guys as well know you discuss it. We get phone calls in. But we have had fantastic support, and I'm, I'm not just talking about in Scotland. There are supporters all around the world and sort of uh, individual from the individual clubs because everybody, okay, no, in these times, COVID, you know, when you look at what's going on in the world just now, and to blame and punish people for trying their best, really. No, nobody can know what this virus still to this present day. Nobody can control it. But we've done everything. And I know every club's the same here when I'm saying I'm talking on behalf of St Murn. Uh, we test twice a week. We're players t- test twice a week. We, we bring in cleaning firms to do deep cleans. Not even just every day. Every time the players go for training. No, there's a, there's a lot of revenue spent and uh, I just I just think to, I think common sense now to get punished. No, I would like to think we'd be looking for support and understanding and we've all learned lessons from it. Of course we have, but I still think it's been really, really excessive, the punishment. What have you made of the process and how we got here, Tony? Because it's arrived at the, the the outcome that you wanted and that what a lot of people wanted to be fair, um, but it took quite a bit to get here. What did, what have you made of the process? Yeah, the, it's been very sad. The process as well as I say, there's been when you look at from thirty eight clubs out the forty two clubs voted, and uh, an SPFL we all voted that if there was postponements there was then there was no power for anybody to t- do three 0 victories. So why don't people listen to the clubs, the members? So for to take it that step further and try and punish ourselves in Kilmarnock, I keep going back to, yes, we made mistakes, but if you look at it, you know, COVID at that time, the rules were changing every week, so it was very difficult to keep up with it, but we did everything possible, and I can, we can all look ourselves in the mirror, at St Mum, we've done everything possible to get the games on, and uh, and it was sad because what happens from there is, and I have to say this was uh, the consequences behind that. You no, know, to give points to other clubs, not just the points, the three nothings, which made a big difference. It took Motherwell into fifth place, and when they were taken off them, and I was really sad to to read it where Stevie Robertson says. That was a big decision in him leaving Motherwell Football Club. So, no, there's been a lot of sad moments. Yeah, I mean, do you know what, Tony? We don't agree much in Scottish football, but what I'm getting is an overwhelming sense that, that people agree with you and they think that this is the right thing and just settle it on the pitch. I think that's overwhelming. There will always be critics, though, that say you yourself have just acknowledged there that, that mistakes were made. St Mirren and indeed Kilmarnock Remember, admitted that that things hadn't been followed perfectly. The, the car sharing example was the high profile one at St Mirren. Yeah. Is that are, are we now? At a, are you trying to say then we're now at a place where the punishment fits the crime? Is that is that what this no, is about? 
No, what I'm saying is, now you've mentioned the car sharing, right? Now, if you go back to when we, when that was happening, the government said you can car share as long as you're social distancing and you wear masks with the windows down. Now, that was the, that was the guidance. There's never been any rules put in place to say as guidance. And as I say, that's where the problem is. See if this would have been done right at the beginning and said, listen, Chief, the game's done. This is what's going to happen. This is we all followed the guidelines. But we shot. We took the the we shot our training ground down, and took everybody into the one area down at uh, the stadium, um, so as we could be more safer. Um, so we've got nothing to reproach you. Yes, you're right. But who's no made a mistake? Who's not forgot to put their mask on? Maybe going into a shop and having it running back to your car. Who's no made a mistake? It's still going on just now. COVID, it's, it's nearly shutting the world down just now. Yeah. And it's no time to punish people. This is me. To blame and punish, it's easy to do that. Yeah. But as I say, I think, no, where's the human kind? Assuming this virus first hit, everybody was together. There was so much human kindness shown. And now it's all about blame, right, you can't play the game, right, we're taking this off you, punishing, we're taking money off you. It's, listen, we're all learning lessons through this. So I would just like to see a bit more support mm-hmm. and understanding for the leaders of football. Mm-hmm. Well, what lessons have been learned then, Tony? You know, would you say that things have been tightened up even further at St Mirren? Did it, did it... Did it hit home even harder? Just, you know, what what needs to be done to try and navigate our way through this? No, as I say, we shut our training ground because we thought maybe... But remember this as well, Gordon. See, it was traced back, track and trace. It was out from an outside uh, thing that came into our club. It wasn't anything the club done personally. As I say, players are tested twice a week, which... Again, is there any other industry? I know paramedics, it's not even getting tested. Now they're starting to get tested. But it's football, and, I, and I'm going to say this, I respect Nicola Sturgeon a lot for what she does. I keep hearing this word, privileged footballers. Yes, we are privileged, but we pay for the privilege as well to play. Yeah, I mean, Tony, how's Jim? Yeah, how are you? Yeah, Jim, how are you? I'm good, mate. I mean, listen, I, I, I think like anybody's involved in football because we know how much work goes into to trying to protect. I mean, you try to protect your players. I totally understand that. I mean, we've seen huge clubs with, you know, the mega millions in the south, like Newcastle, Nass and Villa and all these things, having to, you know, uh, cancel games, you know, close their training grounds down, all these sort of things. And they're not getting punished, you know, losing points. I mean, we've seen Wraith Rovers just, in the last couple of days there asking for mm. permission uh, you know so I, I think that uh, you know exactly what you said common sense had to prevail here but, but, uh, just, but just in the interests of, of fairness from the other side yeah. is, is it not is it not at least and I'm not saying what, what's taking place my goodness it's been a bit of a mess but mm. is it not at least right that we make sure that those have been innocent Mistakes mm-hmm. rather than clubs have broken rules. Yeah, but St. Man have been punished. They've had a twenty thousand pound fine, mm-hmm. ten thousand pounds straight away. That's a lot of money. Yeah. 
You know, that's, that's what I mean. So we now so, at a stage is that is that that fits the crime now th- for you? Think, is that think, the? Yeah, I think fair enough. And in, in terms of the information coming in, yeah, sometimes there are stories. Maybe a, you know, you're not really thinking right. You know, maybe a couple of players sometimes do do something that you shouldn't have done. But we've seen just about every week some players out apologising for breaking some sort of rules. But you know, they're not punishing every club. Mm. You know, for for taking three but, but points then again, off them. Again, just to be fair, those breaches don't always. Result in matches not being able to go ahead. Yeah, no, they they, they don't, but they could because they can they can affect players. They can affect. I mean, listen, Celtic just now there's only one player get COVID, mm-hmm. but thirteen people have been done by track and trace. So and they've got a big squad and they were able to play the game. Yeah, and and they are, but is it? It's not the case all the time. The one thing I would say, to Tony, is it's probably galvanised your team a little bit, Tony, because those points because you've been in fantastic form in terms yeah. of you know you know that that situation in the background, but for one reason or another, it seems to have. Really, kind of give your your team a real stimulus to get positive results. Absolutely flying at the moment. I don't think anyone doubts that. Tony, on Dubai, right? Everyone keeps throwing everything together in Scottish football and, and lumping it all in, and it's hard to tell. I wonder if you're able to to tell. Did that ever form part of of St Mirren's thinking, where you know Celtic they maybe would have had to postpone a game had they not had such a big squad? St Mirren couldn't do that, and therefore couldn't fulfil the fixture. Was that ever part of of St Mirren's gripe? Not at all. Not at all. As I say. I think, uh, and we keep saying it, and Jim was saying it there, why should anybody be punished? No, we're trying our best here. This is what I'm saying. We're putting everything into place. And you asked earlier, Gordon, did we get more stricter? Uh, No, because we've been doing everything. We're cleaning places. uh, Players are wearing masks. I suppose what I meant by that, though, Tony, is if players car shared back then, I assume they are now no longer doing that. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes, yeah. But is that still? I mean, <laughs> if you look at the government rules, in special cases you can cast here. So, what's a special case? They're going to say to you, we have we've got a young foreign lad, right, who is, is finds it hard to speak English. So, one of his teammates who is getting tested with them twice a week picks him up and it's only a five minute journey or seven minute journey in the car or do you say to that player because when I was asked this when I went on and asked these things they say use your common sense so what's common sense is that somebody who's getting tested twice a week and he's he's in that bubble the football bubble or they say right son you get a taxi we don't know if the taxi's getting cleaned out who was in before it get public transport so again <laughs> What do you do there? Well, two in a car would be more desirable than four, though, wouldn't it? You're just doing whatever you can. Yeah, but remember that they times, I'll get back to it, Gordon, I know you're saying four in a car, but we never, ever said there was four in a car. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I think we'll have to leave it there, Tony. Like I said, I think everyone, or what, 95%, I think actually is, is pretty much in agreement with this, Jim, that just, just play it on the pitch. Um, I think I think everyone actually does agree. I'm I think just... everybody wants that. You know, everybody wants to try and get uh, football played, and decisions are made through results. Right, we'll have to leave it there. Very late for this, I must admit, but we do appreciate Tony joining us and clearing uh, some things up and giving us St Mirren's reaction. Fans, let's hear your reaction. It's time for this as well. 
full-time teaser with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. More than a million paid in compensation every week. Right, we're going to squeeze this in between now and the end of the show. Every week on the full-time teaser, we give you the chance to win a football survival pack. It's rubbish having to watch the games at home, but we're trying to make it a bit better for you. Thanks to our friends at Thompson's personal injury solicitors. There's a beer fridge, a case of beer to go in it. Pies, courtesy of piesports.com. Bovril as well. You'll be all kitted out and all you need to do is correctly answer tonight's full-time teaser. Send us one tweet with all the correct answers before 7.45 tonight. You need to be over 18. Full T's and C's at Clyde1.com. I'll give you the question next. Bowie at breakfast. Next week on the show, we're going to try and catch up with Nathan, the sea shanty postie, because Cassie's obsessed with sea shanties and needs a bit of help. George is up at four o'clock. He puts on his pants and his shoes and his socks. He cycles to work with the wind in his hair early in the morning. She definitely needs help. Live from Glasgow. Bowie at breakfast. With the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. Clyde One. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Evans are here. We're plenty more time to get your calls in. I'm going to squeeze in this as well. We usually do it on a Thursday, but tonight it's your Friday chance to win a football survival pack. We're going to give you a beer fridge, a case of beer, pies to go in at Bovril, everything you need to watch the games in the comfort of your own home since we can't get out and about. But you need to do the following You need to answer this question You need to get them all right Send us one tweet With all the correct answers Before 7.45 That's only 15 minutes So I better give you the question Right The question tonight is this Six players Have played for one of the old firm And scored for Hibs in Europe Since the 1980s Now it does not include The Intertotal Cup Eric Duff sent the question in And he wants you to be very clear on that Six players have played for one of the old firm And they've also scored for Hibs in Europe since it's since 1989, right? I'll tell you that. Since 1989, can you name them? Jim and Hugh have got till the end of the show, so they'll help you out. They'll give you some of the answers. But as long as you get, <laughs> as long as you get all six over to us at Clyde SSB by 7:45, you're in with a chance of winning. Any that spring to mind? Uh, Derek Raven? Nope. Oh yes, yes, well done straight And he scored against Dnipro in 2005 And he's played for one of the old firms There we go, we're already making progress Hugh Keevans Gordon Dury No I'll give you a wee clue as well Your your old pal Stephen Mill goes for Stephen Whitaker, But that's actually wrong um, Go for the, the ones that are obviously either Kevin Thompson or Scott Brown uh, Neither actually Um I think back, a couple of high get, profile names get, here. Get back in the, um... Stephen Stephen Whitaker scored for Rangers on the road to Manchester, did he not? Yeah, but you've not listened to the question. No. Scored for Hibs. Scored for Hibs in Europe. Scored for Hibs in Europe. Oh, I beg your pardon. Ah, it's okay. I'll let you off. Um, who's a who's a striker again? Um, big boy. With that I mean, point. honestly, every one of these names is is Aye. well known, right? I'll leave it with um, you. Um, I'll leave it with you, and I'll give you some thinking time. Let's bring in Simon. Who's a Kilmarnock fan What's your reaction Simon To that news today uh, Hi guys First of all Hope you're all staying well Especially yourself Hugh um, Absolutely It's hard to be too Excited And act too Gloating about it Because it's a You know It's a horrible situation It should never happen In the first place But I think it was pretty much unfair That big clubs like Celtic Were allowed to You know Play games when Kilmarnock And St Mirren Weren't allowed to You know Both were advised by Track and Trace They had certain players That were around one, They had to to self-isolate Celtic's bigger squad Meant that they were able To fulfil the fixture 
Kilmarnock, Alex Dyer had said we wanted to fulfil the fixture, it just wasn't possible. Um, the game probably could have been put back a week or so, uh, as you saw when we played Dunfermline in the Cup. Uh, we were able to put a, a team out, like it was less than a, w- a week after that. Um, so that's unfair on Motherwell as well, who could have just played that game at the time. Um, I think it's the biggest thing for me is this should hopefully and surely be the end of Neil Doncaster. There's nobody who is in charge of a, a company who has had as many gaffes as Neil Doncaster has. You know, trying to impose a penalty, you know, that legally couldn't stand on two clubs, that should be a sackable offence on its own. You know, Doncaster's recently today, he had those interviews with the Daily Record today where he kept going on about members' rights and things like that. You know, how it just doesn't add up for me. And how can a supposed sporting organisation, I've seen people talk about this on Twitter, you know, not want to fulfil games as their main, you know, the main point. Surely any any league with any sort of sport, I don't want to use the term sport and integrity again, but any league with that should surely want to have all games played. And, you know, the lower league clubs, a few have spoken out that are against them as well now with the, the decision and the, the situations that have happened this week. I always think it's interesting as well that the SPL, SPFL statement if you look on their Twitter account, they released a statement that Kilmarnock uh, and St Mern were successful with their appeals. And then three minutes later, they tweeted out that the Wraith Rovers game, who obviously Wraith have had some COVID issues and they've had to ask for the game to be off. Three minutes later, after that, they said the Wraith Rovers game is off because they can't fulfil the fixture and the game will be rescheduled at a later date. No 3-0, no 3-0 win for Inverness, just straight away saying, yep. That's the way it should have been from the start. We should understand it's a global pandemic and we should have given the clubs a little bit of slack and understand that mm. mistakes are going to be made, but it's a global pandemic. We I, need to understand that. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I said this before to, to Tony Fitzpatrick, Simon. I feel like most people agree, but l- let me test your theory a little bit. You, you say a little bit of, was it slack? Was that the word you used? H- how much slack then? Where do we? Where do you draw the line in terms of... In fact, I'll read this tweet to you and then you can answer it rather than, than us. Barry says, Overturning those punishments opens a huge can of worms. Clubs now know they can cancel games if they don't want to play because they've got you know COVID cases. Um, and I, I get that that's a bit of a stretch. I'd, I'd like to think clubs clubs wouldn't do that. But you know, mistakes being made, What what, what is it, what's a suitable punishment for that then? How well, much slack are you want? We've been fined twenty thousand pounds for it, yeah. so that's that's a suitable punishment rather than be, not being mm-hmm. able to play the games. I think I understand it's going to be frustrating for Motherwell because you had this uh, nine points and then the nine points are away now, uh, and it's not a great situation for anybody to be in. But you know the rules, the rules needed to be outlined from the start. All clubs needed to sign up for it before the season even begun. That's the fact that that wasn't you know crystal clear and written down in law. At the start of the season, that should be big enough reason, you know, to attack the SPFL and Doncaster alone. And you know, they can't just impose, they can't just make it up on the spot and go, yeah, what we want to do, okay, we'll do this. I think the SPFL, honestly, I don't think they'll be too devastated. I think seeing the result of the, you know, the judicial panel, I actually think they'll be a little bit relieved because the fact this has got overturned today and the fact that uh, it's been made just a fine means that they don't have to dish out their punishment to Celtic. Because if that was if it if the investigation when the compliance officer and other people look into Celtic and find that they, you know, made mistakes while they were in Dubai and the the decision stood to withdraw the, the two games from St Mirren and the one game from Kilmarnock, they'd have had to have done that for Celtic. So 
they can't be caught done something similar anyway. So I think they'll actually be a bit, a little bit relieved. But uh, the one man who shouldn't be relieved, as I said, is Neil Doncaster. He needs to go. He needs. We need somebody in who's going to unite Scottish football. We need uh, some sort of like having the MLS, where they have somebody who's voted in every couple of years, who runs the league, and then he stands for election every couple of years. Um, I can't remember the, the official term that they call it in the MLS. But, a commissioner uh, or something. A commissioner, yeah, a commissioner of the league. That's what we need. We need to move with the times, and we need to get rid of the deadwood mm. who are dragging the league down. Speaking of men who could do the job and unite Scottish football, Hugh Keevans, what's your take on it? Well, Simon is representative of the vengeful side of Scottish football. You know, let's have uh, someone taken outside and flogged. Well, hold on. To be fair, though, you and I know you use strong language, and I get that. But one, you call it vengeance. Simon would call it accountability. Well, I think that Neil Doncaster is always uh, held to account for things that he's not always responsible for. Is he? In what general way? terms, in well. Who took the decision to t- take the uh, points away from St Mirren and Kilmarnock? Yeah, it was an SPFL tribunal. It wasn't him. I get that, but what, what, this is about accountability in Simon's mind. Yeah, but who gave the points or the chance to win the points back to St Mirren and Kilmarnock? Another independent panel, Scottish not FA. including Neil Doncaster. So I just feel Neil Doncaster is, if you like, a public mm. servant. He's a civil servant who's there to look after the SPFL's business, but he does not take decisions. Simon, I I, I tested him on this earlier on and he's he's sticking by it tonight, but I can hear you there. You're not having that. Uh, Yeah, I I do understand. I understand where she's coming from. And if this was just the first situation of any sort of shambolicness in the, the SPFL, then you'd go, okay, fair enough. You know, everybody's entitled to a couple of mistakes. But I'm sure you could literally speak to fans of every single club in the country and they'd be able to highlight many, many mistakes that Neil Doncaster's made. I mean, the fact that we're in a global, pan- global pandemic, the worst financial probably battle that Scottish football's faced, maybe ever, and we don't have a league sponsor. That's Neil Doncaster's job. You can't go and say he's a civil servant and he's paid extremely handsomely in order to make the league as good as it can be. His job is to corral the clubs And as you say, he's right It's He is the spokesperson for the clubs But he is that figurehead, he's that totem pole The fact we don't have any sponsorship deals The fact that we went into a I don't care how many times I want to say It's the biggest TV deal we've got It's not big enough It could have been so much better The fact we're in 2021 And our deal is with Sky And we're not looking at anything In terms of you know our own streaming services Or Online, the way you know the other big leagues in the world are moving. You look at the SPFL Twitter account. You look at the SPFL social medias. We're we're a joke. We're we're languishing behind every other league in the world. But to be fair, on some of that though, Simon, I mean, that, I think that maybe undermines a lot. There are hardworking people behind those accounts. I've no doubt, and there are certain things that will be well out with their control. I get that you want to then bring that back to to the sort of leadership governance. Um, we could probably do a full show on it, Simon. So make sure you call us back at another time. But Hugh. Forget Neil Doncaster for a second What about just the, the, the general decision Because I'm conscious that we've not really got your uh, Thoughts on it yet Well, just, just just one very very brief point Why do we not have a sponsor? Has Simon noticed that this we are Confronting the biggest Ever economic downturn On a global basis Of anybody's lifetime 
So sponsorship for a football league is not high in anyone's priorities. Other with competitions regard, manage it. With regard to uh, what happened today, when Tony Fitzpatrick was on, you frequently say to me, Gordon, you've seen it all. And I do remember, I am old enough to have worked in this business when Alec Ferguson made Tony Fitzpatrick the St Mirren captain at the age of 17. However, never in my lifetime, or Tony Fitzpatrick's or Jim Duffy's, did we imagine that we would be confronted by a global pandemic and the effect that that would have in football. So if mistakes have been made since last March until the present day, I find that perfectly understandable because it was utterly unique in anybody's experience. And if mistakes have been made, and it was a mistake to deduct the points from St Mirren and Kilmarnock, then the mistake has been corrected, and rightly so, justifiably so. But, you know, like the St Mirren players' car sharing and all the other things that have gone on, of course mistakes have been made because of a situation of which no one had any previous experience of how to handle it. And in the end then, I think that's you and Simon in agreement somehow. So Simon, thank you very much. Like I say, make sure you call us back because there's a lot of good ground that I'm sure we could delve into in more detail in the future. What about this teaser? Have you got any more, Jim Duffy? Six players have played for one of the old firm and scored for Hibs in Europe yeah, since I think, I think, uh, I think a, a boy actually sold from Hibs to, oh, right. to, to Celtic. Um, Dan Jackson? Yes. Hugh Keevens, have you got any? <laughs> oh, he's having um, one. I've got another couple, but I don't know if they're... Anthony Stokes. Um, John Collins. No. Yes, John Collins. Right. Okay. Listen, that's three down, three to go. So the guys have given you a good help. Well, sorry, Jim Duffy's given you a good help <laughs> here in the show. If you want to play for the football survival kit, this is your five-minute warning. You need to find the other three that have played for one of the old firm and scored for Hibs in Europe since '89, and it does not include the Intertoto Cup. Collins, Jackson, Riordan. Who are the other three? We'll get the answers and pick a winner next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, Jim Duffy's here Hugh Keevans joins us from home Chris makes a very good point on Twitter Hugh Chris says Did I just hear Hugh say that never in his lifetime Did he think he'd be confronted with a pandemic like this Was he not around during the Spanish flu of 1918? <laughs> <laughs> not quite. You just uh, missed out didn't I, you? I, I, uh, I was off that day <laughs> Uh, right, listen, loads of correct answers coming in on this teaser And remember, you need to get them all right To be with the chance of winning that football survival kit So let me check in uh, The competition closes for that 40 seconds So you can quickly scramble another answer in We're looking for six players that have played for one of the old firm And have scored for Hibs in Europe since 89 John Collins, Darren Jackson, Derek Riordan so far Have you got anything yet, Hugh? John Hughes? No Right, I'll, I'll give you a couple of clues, right? There are a couple of recent ones. So, I mean, within the last... A couple of years. Three like four, years. Three, four, I'd three say within years. the last three or four years, yep. And then there's another one going back to the early 90s. Okay. Remember, it doesn't include the Intertotal Cup. Uh, let's bring in Brian, who's been hanging on for quite some time. He's from Johnson. Hi, Brian. Hi, how you doing, right? I'm all good, Brian. So, you're a St Mirren fan. I, I take it you're on the same page as Simon, the previous caller, delighted with today's outcome. Yeah, uh, I was listening to him and uh, I was listening to Tony. Or you can tell Tony's a St. Man man because he kind of made us covered everything that all St. Man fans. He's thinking in the same lines as us. Do you know what I mean? And uh, the one thing that he did need to really 
hit on was, in my point of view, as trivial it might be, but the car sharing thing and all that. Yep. In my in my humble opinion is you've you've got to remember the salary that what Celtic Rangers and the bigger clubs are owning. So I'm not knowing that kind of salary, and they mm-hmm. they, they, they haven't got the finance to have. Like they all have their own big fancy cars and no, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, Brian, do they really have to be big fancy cars? Because there are loads of people out there who are, are probably having to find alternative travel arrangements and, and are doing different things. Look, I'm I'm not when I keep bringing this up, I'm not trying to not trying to to lump criticism on St Mirren. I'm just trying to make sure that Jim, we don't exonerate absolutely everything and say that everybody was completely innocent you know it, it, it's worth bearing in mind that St Mirren and Kilmarnock held their hands up and said that there had been Covid breaches I'm just making sure that, that those things are addressed and that, that those traps f- from your experience for instance car sharing is it a problem? Yeah yeah, absolutely I mean I, I, I've, I've had to you know chin players for want of a better phrase um, a couple of times you know when, when players do listen I get if two people stay in say Hamilton for talking sake and they stay a hundred yards for each other And they're going to have to travel to somewhere You would think it would make common sense for them to come together But that, unfortunately the rules are now there I think, you know, again I just think the punishment was excessive I think you used the phrase the punishment fits mm-hmm. the crime I think it's now fairer But they did breach rules That, 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 was, a, that was a, you know, but again And that's why the fine's there That's yeah. why the fine is there I just think it was harsh to take the points It doesn't matter how much money they get, Brian And, and you know, what kind of cars they've got And all these kind of stuff The bottom line is Everyone has to just, you know, roll their sleeves up, get on with it and do the best they can. And if you're told not to car share, then don't car share. The only excuse you've maybe got is if you don't drive. Not every player drives. So sometimes, as Tony says, is it more... Is it more? Is it better to, to go in the back seat of a car with your mask on, or is it better to go tested. with a taxi? Yeah, yeah. Aye, aye, well, aye, aye. The, the other thing is, um, the, the Simon was saying about um, having a go at um, uh, Neil Doncaster and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who who's who's running the asset thing, the football. Uh, everybody, this is a un un time. This is anybody. You can, everybody's making mistakes, and you've, you're just going to learn them as you go along. You can't really have a go at the guy first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think maybe there is a bit of that. Maybe we've now, Hugh, is is that is that the precedent set then? Can we assume that if next weekend, and I really hope it doesn't happen, a couple of, I don't know, pick your team players make a mistake and, and do something they shouldn't and then the game can't go ahead, I take it that is that 3-0 sanctions now off the table? Is it going to be fines from here on in? Well, it should be. Uh, and... Matches should be played to help gather points and affect the league table. Uh, I, I just think that we're quick to condemn, uh, and we have this situation which is utterly unprecedented. We have never known anything like this. We're quick, too quick to condemn, certainly too quick to point the finger at one individual and say it's all his fault and the idea of a commissioner or someone like that to unify Scottish football good luck with that Gordon because it'll never happen <laughs> do you know what though it does make sense I, I like to the way Simon put the argument but I can just imagine the first night with the calls on this show about what team the commissioner really supports you know that that's the <laughs> that's the side that, that will keep me up at night that thought um, Brian will never know this right we'll never know the answer but what about the way St Mirren are playing is, is there any chance that they were Galvanised by this And it gave them a siege mentality Or, or, or was this always coming This upturn in St Mirren's form I think they were just 
starting to get to, they were, the, uh, Jim was just getting his act together and starting to, they were starting to jail and get to Fingley after the COVID carry on and all that, wasn't it? I don't think that was a thing. We, well, you, you'll find it the more after get a boost for that when, when they go, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't argue with the form. And it, I think that's the one thing that Jim at least will make, you know, we're arguing about whether the punishment fits the crime, but at least at least makes the sporting side of it people a bit more comfortable. Because come the end of the season... Yeah. Yeah, so you don't want to be relegated because through no fault of your own, but you didn't do you know didn't do your job on the pitch. And so, I accept that. By the way, I know we had yeah. elements of that last season. Yeah, but yeah, but I think as I said that you know I think that uh, you know that the players and I think all the clubs would much prefer to to be judged by the performances on the pitch. And um, we just want to make sure we can get all the games in there because obviously the uh, you know the season's certainly going to be congested between now uh, and May. Yeah, it looks like it. Thank you to Brian in Johnston. He's a St Mirren fan and they play St Johnston tomorrow, which is really confusing for me when I quickly gran- glance at that screen. Uh, to my left, I must pay attention. Thanks again to Brian. Uh, what about actually just on the pitch tomorrow, Hugh? With everything Celtic have got going on, I bet you they'd rather not play Livingston. Correct. Uh, Livy, eight wins out of eight games for David Martindale. Manager uh, of the month, think, by the way, should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and all credit to him. He's done a sensational job. He'll never have a better chance because I've highlighted two areas. For me, the goalkeeper, uh, it's a shame for him. He's been thrust into a position for which he is not yet well enough equipped. Uh, so... Th- Goalkeeper is a weakness for Celtic tomorrow and uh, the absence of an out-and-out striker could be a problem. And again, the other side of the coin, Livingston are playing well enough to be given a real chance anyway. So I think Celtic will have every bit of trouble against Livingston that they had with Hibs on Monday night. Yeah, well, I'll just uh, be listening to the show, Gordon, because I've got nothing else to do tomorrow. So I'll like, look forward to the, the, dra- at some point the drama unfolding to. right through. I mean, listen, it's a great, it's a great, um, you know, football uh, calendar tomorrow. Obviously, the one game in on Sunday, Motherwell and Rangers. But uh, yeah, I mean, some mm. really good games to look forward to. And Livingston will go there brimming with confidence. And you know, doesn't matter if you look at that team sheet. As much as Celtic still got a relatively strong side. If you're in Livingston camp, you're absolutely thrilled to go in there because it's a it's, mm. it's a unique unique time, uh, and you've got to try and take advantage mm. of that if you can. Um, Motherwell Rangers on Sunday. Stephen Lawless got that old familiar feeling returning to Motherwell, where he started his career. He's now 29, and he's just signed from Burton Albion until the end of next season. He says he's ready to make an impact now. Strange, I think this is the this is the first first team I've walked into that I know as many and there's obviously a lot of boys for Livingston but there's there's two from my Thistle days as well with, with um, Stephen O'Donnell and, and Foxy as well so that's a good, good change room I know, know the boys I've kept in contact with every one of them to be honest um, so got some good good friends in the team and um, like I said I know I know the ability the boys have got I know, know where they should be in the league and what we should be trying to achieve so that'll be, that'll be the aim and I, I'm sure they, they feel the same I want to try and try and create things I'm not going to keep the ball every single time but that's that's my game. Like I need to, I need to try things that other people wouldn't try and, and create things that other people wouldn't see. So that's what we try to do. I'll not be trying to keep the ball safe and that. I'll be trying to create chances and, and, and score goals and help the team in that as, as, as much as I can. Hugh, every week because Rangers are so good, you just think, is this the week? Is this the week that someone somehow upsets them? I suppose Rain, uh, Motherwell came kind of close at, at Ibrox, but the game plan didn't work and it... In the end it didn't pay off And lots of people unhappy about the parking, the bus And all the rest of it What about this Sunday? Is this the week? 
No, it's not. <laughs> uh, Rangers, to be fair, Rangers are simply... Oh, sorry, I almost mm. cut you off. You've never oh. sounded better. Yeah. Rangers are simply too far in front. Uh, Graham Alexander did well last week at St Mirren. Stephen Lawless will make a difference. Motherwell will not go down. But is this the week Rangers are beaten? No. Okay, right, I think we'll leave it there We've got a lot to look forward to over the weekend So let's try our best and round this off, shall we? Full Time Teaser With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors More than a million paid in compensation every week Now remember, every week in the Full Time Teaser Giving you the chance to win that football survival pack For watching the games at home Thanks to our friends at Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors We're giving away the beer fridge, the case of beer, the pies Thanks to Pie Sports and the Bovril as well All you had to do was get this answer right You needed to be over 18 All the T's and C's are at Clyde1.com Thanks again to Thompson's Let's take a look at the question See how you got on So six players have played For one of the old firm And they've scored for Hibs In Europe Since 1989 It does not include The Intertotal Cup You had John Collins Darren Jackson Derek Riordan So you two have only got Three of them Good folks at home Had to get all six uh, Any more For any more um, Kerry Miller No that's a very popular Wrong answer though I can tell you that Hugh have you got any I called Bradley Walsh And he had no idea <laughs> um, Pat McGinley Yes Well done Scored oh. against Anderlecht um, In 1992 Had a spell at Celtic The, the one I was thinking about the, the, the striker was Chris Killen No it's even more recent than that It's a good mm. bit more recently than that I must say The last one I've got Is not that one you're telling me about About going back mm. Didi Agat No they're both recently So the two you're mm. looking for Are 2018 One of them Oof. is a former Celtic defender And one of them is a former Rangers attacker Russell Latipi no, no I got honestly Three years ago Oh wait a minute Is this doing anything For you Hugh Right, um, right What if I told you That the defender. former Celtic defender Who also played for Hibs oh. Also oh. plays for Livingston F.A. Ambrose F.A. Ambrose Well done right. And the Rangers mm. one I'll tell you why You've forgotten this It's because you've forgotten About his wee spell At um, at Rangers This guy So a Hibs um. striker uh, Camberry Ah there we go We got it Effie Ambrose And Flo Camberry Now thank you to everyone Who took part It was very busy on the phones And the winner Was Greg Cunningham In Glasgow Well done to you Greg The football survival pack Is yours uh, Keep an eye on your DMs And someone will be in touch uh, Hugh Keevens You are looking after yourself At home We'll, we'll maybe check, check in with you tomorrow See what you're up to But you'll be back in the show On Monday Looking forward to A, a big weekend of football I'm sure yeah, uh, very interesting Livy at Celtic First away win for 26 years It's a possibility Motherwell against Rangers It's an impossibility There he goes again He's getting the predictions in early this week Right, thank you Hugh Keevens And Jim Duffy Big thanks to you though Thank you for listening Thank you for all the calls and tweets We are back tomorrow Great football to look forward to this weekend So 2 o'clock Make sure you join us And in the meantime Stay right there GBX Friday's up next